Have you ever been so sick that you were admitted into the hospital for a night or two? To pass the time, you would stare at a ceiling that other ill and dying patients stared at. You perpetually ring the bell for the overstretched nurse who would quickly do what she could to make you feel better. But then a blaring code blue siren would go off, pulling her away, leaving you to lay in a bed that someone was sure to have died in before. Good evening and welcome to Small Town Shadows. I am your host, Victoria, and I am here to weave you a tale that is sure to send shivers down your spine. As always, the following account is based on real events. However, the names and locations have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Please keep in mind that these narratives are not for the faint of heart and may frighten or disturb you. But now, before you get too comfortable, you should go turn off your lights. It's time to relax, clear your mind, and sip some tea as I take you to the not-so-small town of Mexico City, Mexico. Alma wasn't used to being on this side of the hospital bed. Having been a nurse for the past 11 years, she felt like a nuisance and pathetic every time she hit the nursing station call bell. It wasn't her fault, of course, that she contracted shingles, but she still felt responsible for being sick. The worst part of it all is that she was under quarantine, meaning that any time she needed something, the nurse who responded had to put on a special gown, gloves, booties over their shoes, a hairnet, and a face mask. It was as if she was some foreign alien and they needed protective gear. She hated being in the hospital and being sick, so much so that she refused to even tell her family. She texted them saying she was at an unexpected nursing conference out of town, which they believed because she goes to conferences relatively often. She then texted her boyfriend and fed him the same lie. This left her alone, laying in her hospital gown, bored out of her mind, flipping through cable channels, hoping to find something more entertaining than creating images out of the stains on the ceiling. Days passed by and unfortunately, Alma didn't seem to be recovering as quickly as expected. This caused for an increase in pain medication, which then required her to ring the call bell more frequently. Alma was miserable all around, bored, lonely, and a little delirious to say the least. 
During rounds on the fourth day, Alma's nurse came in to check her vital signs and mentioned to her that a new nurse was starting that day. She wasn't sure of her name, but that she'd be the one to answer her call bell, give her her medications, and check her vital signs every few hours. Alma thanked the nurse, then rolled over in bed to get some more sleep. Four hours later, a pretty little nurse came to check on Alma. Shaking her awake gently, she informed her that she'd be taking her vital signs. Alma mentioned that her pain was worsening, and the nurse reassured her that she'd be getting her medications shortly. A few moments later, the nurse, true to her word, returned with pain medication. Alma relaxed as the numbing sensation jet through her bloodstream. Staring up at the nurse, Alma noticed that she wasn't wearing any of the protective gear. Oh, don't worry about me, dear. I can't catch what you have. She winked at Alma and patted her on the shoulder. I'm Morena, by the way. Ring the bell whenever you need anything at all, even if it's just a little company you'd like. And with that, Morena left the room, leaving Alma to drift off into a drug-induced sleep. Hours ticked by as Alma grew restless from the pain, from the discomfort of being in the same position for days on end, and from the sheer boredom of it all. She decided to take Morena up on her offer and rang the call bell for comfort this time. Promptly, as if she were waiting outside the door, Morena entered the room. She then pulled up the seat next to Alma and the two began chatting about being nurses, sharing full moon horror stories, and funny stories about how their family members always think that they have a cure for them, no matter the ailment. Morena then grew sad and told Alma she was envious of her. It sounds like you have such a beautiful family. I wish I did. I was seeing someone and it was serious, but then I found out he was cheating on me. The bastard ended up marrying the other woman. Alma comforted her the only way she knew how, by feeding her every cliche in the book. You'll find someone better. You dodged a bullet. There's someone out there waiting for you that will treat you like the goddess you are, and so on. Morena smiled, a small, sad smile, then asked Alma to tell her the story of how she met her husband. Alma obliged, explaining that he was a doctor and that they began dating almost immediately upon meeting each other. Soon they were inseparable and it was only a matter of time until he proposed. They got married and quickly had their first child, then their second, and then they decided that after their third child, the household was full enough. He left working at the hospital to open a private practice, but she continued on, secretly and guiltily, enjoying the time away from them all. Morena nodded, laughed, and sympathized at all the right moments. She then mentioned that she needed to go check on the other patients, but she'd return soon. Before standing up from her chair, though, she placed her hand on Alma's forehead. A warm, tingly sensation began washing over Alma. She smiled and felt a smidgen better. 
Morena promised it was only the beginning, but she could tell Alma was on the mend. The next day, Morena woke Alma gently by placing her hand on Alma's forehead again. Alma smiled, thanked Morena for being so wonderful, and the two exchanged pleasantries before Morena was pulled away into another room. The doctor visited Alma that day, and after running a few more tests, told her that she was clearly, finally, recovering. It was almost miraculous. He hadn't wanted to frighten her, but her results as of yesterday morning showed that the chances of recovery were slim. But now, it appears that those results must have been faulty. Alma was cheered by this news and sent out a text to update her loved ones that she'd be coming home soon from the conference. Morena checked on Alma like clockwork before Alma even needed to ring the bell for her. The two would chat for a while, Morena would check her vital signs, and then she'd be called away. Every time Morena would visit, Alma would feel a little bit better. However, that night, a different nurse came to check on Alma. I'm so sorry for the past two days, the nurse apologized. I can't believe the new nurse never showed up. How unprofessional and downright negligent. The moment we realized, we called her, but she never answered. How have you been holding up? The doctor mentioned you were on the mend. Alma was confused and explained to the misguided nurse that the new nurse did in fact show up. Not only that, but she's been taking better care of her than any other nurse she has had this stay. The nurse left the room, shaking her head, muttering something about pain medication side effects and paging the doctor. The next morning, Alma awoke to Morena sitting on the edge of her bed, crying. She explained that she just saw her former lover in the hallway with his bride. It took everything in Morena to not scream and inflict pain upon the two. Instead, she ducked into Alma's room to ride out the embarrassment until the coast was clear. Alma comforted her again, telling her that she's better than them, that he didn't deserve her, and that he'll regret marrying the wrong woman. Marina smiled, cheered ever so slightly. The two women sat in silence for a long time, and then Marina injected Alma's next dose of pain medication directly into her IV. Alma drifted off to sleep, thanking her new friend. As Morena silently slinked out of the room, she noticed a gentleman putting the precaution gear on. She greeted him. Oh, you must be Miguel. It's lovely to meet you. She stretched out her hand to shake his. He awkwardly took her hand and shook it, and Morena noticed that he wasn't wearing a wedding band. He then entered the room, but before closing the door, he turned and whispered to Morena. If you see Miguel coming, please make a barking or a hooting sound or something. He then winked at Morena, closing the door behind him. Alma awoke to a man bending over her to kiss her forehead. Startled, she sat up and pulled the blankets closer to her chest. How did, how did you know I was here? 
The man smiled. You texted me that you were at a conference. I knew you only went to conferences with me, he winked. Once I got that text, I assumed you were at a conference with someone else. And after being angry and hurt for a few days, I realized I probably jumped the gun. So I asked your manager what your shift this week was. Once she told me you were off because of being sick, I knew you were the patient instead of the nurse. It wasn't that hard for me to then type your name into the system and find your room. He smiled and held Alma's hand tightly. The perks of being the hospital IT director. Suddenly, a loud crash and a clatter of metal came from the hallway. The two lovers looked up to see what the commotion was. But what they didn't see was Morena standing outside Alma's door, fists clenched so tightly around a scalpel that blood began dripping down her wrist. Her face was contorted by rage, almost to the point of being unrecognizable. A nurse walking down the hallway saw the tray of metal tools spilled all over the floor. She crouched down to pick them up, all the while looking around to determine how the items fell. She failed to catch that of the surgical tool set, the scalpel was missing. She failed to see the blood spots on the linoleum floor. And she most definitely failed to notice Morena standing over her. This episode of Small Town Shadows is sponsored by Deerling Blends, a delicious, all-organic, sustainable tea brand that gives back to charity with every purchase. It tastes more than feel good. Check out their website to find old favorites and fun new teas. And now back to Mexico. Alma fell asleep that night, excited to be discharged in the morning. The doctor paged one of her nurses and called in the order. She was finally cleared to go home. Six days cooped up in a hospital and not being paid for it was six days too many in Alma's opinion. She could almost taste the fresh mango and crispy sopapillas bound to be waiting for her when she got home. It was always how her husband would welcome her back after her conference. Her children would pick flowers from the garden out back, and Miguel would make her breakfast. Four hours into her deep, restful sleep, a nurse entered Alma's room to take her vital signs. The nurse placed her cold, bare hand on Alma's forehead, and suddenly a jolt of pain shot through her, instantly waking her up. She cried out in pain and reached for the call bell. It was just out of reach on the edge of her nightstand. The pain intensified. Alma tried crying for help, but she couldn't seem to find her voice. She tried clambering out of bed, but someone grabbed her shoulders from behind and slammed her back down. Then she saw her. Standing over Alma was Morena. She looked different though, somehow distorted. If she hadn't spent so much time with her, Alma wouldn't even have recognized Morena, if not for her eyes. They were the same sad, 
wistful hazel eyes. Alma stuttered, trying to scream, trying to get her friend to stop restraining her. But Marina just stared down at her, as if trying to bore a hole through Alma's head with sheer thought. Alma began thrashing about, clawing at Morena's arms, kicking wildly and trying with all her might to scream for help. Suddenly, the halls of the hospital echoed with the siren signal of a code blue. Nurses, technicians, and doctors from all over the hospital ran to aid the failing patient. Bursting into Alma's room, pushing carts full of tools and machines with devices, everyone jumped to action. The doctor assessing the situation began shouting out orders. A technician was charged with getting the defibrillator ready. A nurse was instructed to restrain Alma's arms and feet with straps, and an aide was clearing Alma's body of any and all metal items and garments. Alma was watching the scene in absolute terror. What was happening? She was alive. If they were to use the defibrillator on her, she would surely die. Why hadn't they restrained Morena? What is happening? She tried to scream, but just then another nurse began to perform CPR on her. One chest compression, two chest compression, three chest compression, Crack! Four chest compression. Five chest compression. Alma was dizzy from the pain. If she could have thrown up, she would have. But the airbag forcing air into her lungs was preventing all speech and throat activity. The chest compressions continued in spite of them breaking multiple ribs. They were acting like she were dead. They were ignoring Morena. Then the doctor, calling all the shots, yelled, Claire! Everyone jumped back, releasing Alma wherever they were touching her. Alma saw the metal, electrified paddles coming closer. The world seemed to slow down in that moment. As the cold metal touched her bare flesh, she looked up into the disconnected eyes of her friend, and then an ear-splitting chime of a flat line pierced through the air. Can you believe the boyfriend had the audacity to show up at the funeral? What did he expect to happen? A gossiping nurse was whispering to her friend. I honestly don't blame the husband for punching him in the face. My heart breaks for the children, though. Not only did they lose their mother, but their image of her was taken away, too. I still can't get over the fact that Dr. Lopez thought he'd be discharging her. I mean, when I told him she was hallucinating, he brushed it off saying this hospital is full of ghosts. She probably really did see a nurse, just not one that was here to help her. Her friend rolled her eyes. How is seeing a ghost better than hallucinating? The two friends continued down the hall, walking past the now vacant quarantine room, failing to notice a nurse hovering over the empty bed, silently weeping.
believe in an angel of mercy who haunts the halls of hospitals, healing those who please her, but killing those who disappoint her? Do you believe that this nurse, so spurned by her ex-lover, would carry out the ultimate punishment on unfortunate, unfaithful patients who cross her path? Do you believe in La Planchada? I'd love to hear what you think. Tell me your thoughts, theories, and experiences in the comment section below. And be sure to subscribe so that you can be properly spooked every Friday night. And on that note, sleep tight and don't forget to check under your bed for any lurking guests. <laughs>